Hi, this is Amrita Sukumar and I am bringing to you this podcast called Unsettling. Look around you. Everyone is trying to create their own story. Make a tiny change in someone's life by just following their passion and in turn inspiring the others to follow suit. This podcast brings to you stories of people who have defied the definition of settled set by the society and have created their own. They have found happiness in their version of settled. Yes. Welcome to another episode of Unsettling. Today we are going to talk about menstruation and menstrual hygiene. And to shed some more light on this topic, I have a guest with me, Jian Jimenezes, who is the founder of the campaign Red is the New Green. Hi, Jian. Hi, hi. How are you doing? I am doing really well, considering it's still the lockdown, and I don't think it's opening anytime soon. The best we can do during these times. I know, I know. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, aren't you? Yes, Diane. That's perfect. I get uh, my name gets uh, called all sort of things, right from Diane to Diane. So I'm, I respond to anything which sounds with D. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm actually glad that I pronounced it on the <laughs> yes yes. So, uh, Dian, what is the story behind uh, Red is the New Green and why did you choose that name? So, Red is the New Green really started out because um, it was very personal. Again, it started out in a toilet, as Mm -hmm. most good stories do. I did not have access to a sanitary napkin. And um, this is something which is very common, you know, Amrita people, like all of us, I mean, whoever's watching this or listening to this has, in fact, had an incident of a unannounced period yes and i did not have access to a product at that time but i did however have the privilege to go and to procure a napkin and to get along with my day just as fine but Mm. for the first time really um in 22 years of my life i really realized that um, i'm so lucky and it's not the same for many people not too far from where i live and where i work you know Mm -hmm. we just lucked out being born on the right side of the poverty line if i may say and for no reason and no fault of theirs, these women don't have access to the same products and the same privilege that we have. Mm-hmm. And as I started, uh, you know, that really unsettled me, just like the topic, um, just like the title of this podcast, it really made me think. And uh, for a long time, you know, I personally till date, though I talk about periods 24-7, I still am not a big fan. It's a real pain. And <laughs> I did a lot of research about the topic. Right. And the more, the deeper and deeper I researched and I read about it and spoke with people in the industry and on various aspects of the, in the market, I found out that there was so much and we were just scratching the surface uh-huh. in terms of the number of women who are using sanitary napkins. What are the real statistics behind that? What happens to our menstrual waste once we put it in the bin? And mm. how do these stigmas have such a deep rooted effect on gender equality? and the sustainable development goals. So I did a lot of work and that's when I found out that I really need to be doing this. We really need to be talking about this more. And that's where the name came up, Red is the New Green, where we wanted to ensure that a topic which is often viewed so negatively, like periods and menstruation. Imagine Mm -hmm. we're dedicating a whole podcast to talk about an absolutely normal body body process. I wanted something like this to be viewed positively and that's why I took the name uh, Red is the New Green. Okay. Nice. Wonderful. And uh, thanks to you, even I read a lot about menstruation. <laughs> I was really unaware of a lot 
topics. Uh, being yeah. a woman. Uh, <laughs> so, thank you, thank you, because of you, I read a lot. Um, so, your family members, when you decided to start this venture, were they on board or were they really skeptical about it? So, um, they were a bit skeptical because uh, number one, I really had no interest or I had no, um, I would say no social impact bone in my body. In terms of, I really didn't think this would be a career choice. So this is something I wanted to do. So everyone was like, really, do you want to do this? Do you want to pick something easier? Like just teach kids something. Do you want to get into this topic? And I knew that all of uh, these came from a good place. You know, no one meant it badly. And they were just concerned because it is a difficult topic. And when we started back in 2016, Mm-hmm. This is, it wasn't really very openly spoken about, you know, Akshay Kumar wasn't making a film yet. So right. <laughs> I would say it was definitely, definitely uh, difficult. And mm-hmm. we faced a lot of rejection. I'd be lying if I said it was a cakewalk and, you know, things happened. No, there was a lot of blood and sweat and pun, <laughs> total pun intended. Quite there literally. was a lot of effort which went into it. <laughs> but I feel like uh, now we've come so far and there's so much more to do. Right. So I would say the initial uh, resistance, we got the initial, uh, a lot of, you know, skepticism that mm-hmm. really helped me and my team solidify why we wanted to do this so much. So we okay. really took it in a, in a good way and we worked on making our things stronger. Great. So you, you spoke about a team right now. So how did you get more people involved and how many people are part of this campaign now? So Red is a new green and, and as an organization, we focus on a lot of awareness. And mm-hmm. most of the people who have joined and who have helped have been people who had experience with menstruation. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's so organic. People have just reached out to us to me and we've started working together and we've had such a wonderful relationship and Mm -hmm. as a leader and especially as a female leader my main focus was to ensure that whoever joins our team if they do leave they leave enriched and much better and Mm -hmm. that's been one thing I always focus on the growth of our members whoever comes for however brief they come so we've had a lot of people and currently we're about six people on the team and we do have a lot of collaborations where we work with different organizations. Right. Everyone on the team also works uh, uh, voluntarily. So it's a, it's a huge commitment from all these people who take out time from their schedules to focus on ensuring that the world is more period positive. Wow, wonderful. I'm really glad that they are with you. They are doing such a wonderful job. Yeah. So, uh, this is one query that I got that some women don't even know about menstruation before they get their first period. So, how do you educate people about menstruation and menstrual hygiene? So, I would say that there's no one, um, you know, one solution for all. In Mm -hmm. many cases, like I'll give you my example. I had no idea about periods till Mm -hmm. I got it. And I come from a pretty privileged, you know, I live in a metro city. And I go to English medium school. But Uh when I got my period, I didn't know. I had like no idea what it was. In fact, I had, um, I just saw these pads in my mom's cupboard. So I said, okay, let me just try because I was super smart. I was like, I'll try putting it myself. Obviously, I got caught because I left a big mess. And Uh uh, my mom, I clearly remember this. My mom called me 
and she was like uh, this is how you wear a pad properly and you don't have to talk about it so i was like um, okay mm-hmm. fine what do you say you know i mean you don't know what's happening exactly and i was so naive and just so innocent i remember like at uh, i normally go to sleep at 10 30 11 pm mm-hmm. so i thought that you know that's when your period stop and when you wake up in the morning it starts again Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. So when I was going to bed, I said, can I take this off? It's really irritating. And you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'll wear it back again. She was like, no, no, no. This happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my god, I did not sign up for this. Oh god. <laughs> But yeah. So I mean, while this is funny, there are many cases where we've had. We do a lot of sessions in schools where kids have come to us and told us that you know we thought we had blood cancer. we thought yeah. we were dying and uh, it's uh, really horrific when you know you see are such young kids so scared because there's not enough information so right. we also focus a lot on having the dialogue with kids especially with girls and boys to mm-hmm. educate them about the fact that this is normal this is going <laughs> to happen and right. when you do get your period this is what you need to know about it at that mm-hmm. time because we feel like that at a young age when you have these conversations you don't have to bombard them with all the number of hormones and how everything changes right It, information can be given step by step but the mm-hmm. basic conversation needs to happen we need to stop shirking away from this and it could mm-hmm. be small things at home like you know if there's an ad about whisper or stefree or any period brand don't flip mm-hmm. the channel keep it on if kids right. and you know who it if there are young parents uh, listening to this or parents i would encourage you if they ask you a question answer them to the point you know when if they say what what are periods just tell them it's a normal body process it happens every month mm-hmm. and um, you know it's an important part in a female reproductive system right that's it you know you don't have to get into the <laughs> complexities and all of it but you know the minute you give kids information and exactly what they want they themselves are not going to feel like oh my god did i ask a wrong question or is this a right. taboo topic you just treat it as a normal subject and since it's a normal uh, conversation they tend to ask more questions uh, yeah i think will lead to more knowledge uh, because yeah. as you said uh, i i was really lucky when i got my got my period so right. i had the chance to hang around with a lot of uh, elder not women exactly girls so i used to write they always used to complain that i don't want my periods i don't know why i wish i were a boy everyone keeps on saying <laughs> this the entire time so i didn't yeah. know what a period was at that point of time absolutely i thought period means first period second period and class and i'm like why worried <laughs> about that period itna kyu ro rahe <laughs> yeah so i went back to my no, mother I, i asked her and then what did she say so then she explained the entire process not as you oh, lovely basics, not the entire process just the basics that this is what happens uh, that means your body is ready for reproduction and uh, right. she told me this and the next day i got my period <laughs> wow wow <laughs> so i was like really lucky you were totally ready your mom made it to the deadline exactly <laughs> last minute submission of the story <laughs> That's no, that's really awesome. And you know, Amrita, you are one of the few I would say who yes. have had access to this. And we feel like this should not be. This statistic really needs to change. Yes. Many women, according to a study, uh, about you know seventy percent of girls and women find out about their periods when they first get it. 
<laughs> and I feel like in an age we're living in currently, with access to so many means of information, we need the right information to reach, and especially at the right time. Yes, that is true. Uh, but why do you feel that there is still a stigma about menstruation? And I mean, why isn't it going away? Have you uh, done a little research about that? Do you have any idea? So I feel okay. like the uh, myth or like the stigma, like you said, is still very prevalent mm-hmm. because we are conditioned that way, and there's no finger we can point at it because it's so ingrained in us as South Asians, as Indians, as you know, global citizens also. Mm-hmm. This uh, myth or this stigma surrounding menstruation is very, very deep. Okay. I'll give you an example how that it perpetuated. So menstruation was always a normal body process. You know, if we look back into the times, uh, you know, before colonialism, when uh, before we had any rulers in that sense, it was viewed normally. In fact, in many cultures, it was still celebrated due to various uh, influences. And so, you know, India has had so many influences on so many countries, so many rulers. These myths or these prejudices started getting twisted. So I'll give you an example. You know, there's a very common myth which says that when you wash your hair on your period, you have a very heavy blood flow. So on your first three days of period, no one washes their hair. And it's, this is very normal. You know, I've heard it so many times. Uh-huh. And in schools, especially girls, when we ask this question, they very proudly put up their hands saying, we don't wash our hair. <laughs> and, you know, very, very confident and they're so happy to follow it. So right. our approach at Redism Yugri is that we never go around saying, you are wrong and we are right. We know everything about periods. No, that's uh, unfortunately not an approach we take. We mm-hmm. always, always focus on dialogue. We ensure that we have the conversation we understand we want to understand why do they think that way so we spoke with a few mothers with grandmothers with teachers and we found out that you know this myth it originated maybe 300 years ago 300 years ago we did not have a great sewage system we did not have uh, fancy washrooms and bathrooms so everyone would go and have a bath in a river our ancestors would all go out there on your period, when you're bleeding, the blood would get into the water stream, right? And it's not hygienic for those downstream to have a bath in uh, that water. Correct. So we would advise women on that time during those days to, you know, either take a bucket of water out of mm-hmm. the river, bathe separately, or just refrain from coming during that time. Achha. But currently, we're in 2020. We mm-hmm. have water. We have amenities. But unfortunately, our mindset has still stuck to that um, generation. Olden times. So yeah. Too olden times. So we know, what we do is we give information to kids. We tell them that this is how it started. It didn't start off bad. It had logic. But mm-hmm. are you in a logical time now? You need to start asking the whys. We feel right. like that's very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Hong Kong last year mm-hmm. as for the Forbes 30 under 30. And I really, and as a leader, as a founder, I feel like I'm also challenged so often in terms of my own thinking and there's always something new we can learn. So mm-hmm. I went there and uh, we went for a very, very fancy sushi dinner. Okay. And I was speaking with some of the other, you know, the other awardees from Asia. Right. They told me that, uh, you know, menstruation is really also a very Asian 
phenomena in terms of the stigma the shame we face it's mm-hmm. not just indian and yep. an example i'll give you with uh, so because we were at a sushi restaurant mm. uh, most of the sushi chefs are male mm. if you've noticed there only men who are allowed to learn this skill and right. it's passed on you know through that so mm-hmm. the reason why women are not allowed to become sushi chefs or you know sushi masters mm-hmm. is because they feel that the women's body on a period generates a lot of heat and it mm-hmm. may uh, con- you know it may contaminate the fish and the fish may not be up to the best mark so right. women imagine have just been excluded from an entire profession because of her body process so it's absurd it's really absurd that even now we still deal with these cultural um, norms and phenomena so that yes. was very interesting to for us and for us especially to bring back to india that it's a global phenomena it impacts girls across the world doesn't mm. matter what your skin color is you're still going to get your period and right. it's going to happen whether you're rich or whether you're poor so we mm. need to number one address it and treat it like a normal body process yes um actually when i read about it even i realized that it's not just an indian problem it is their global right. the stigma is there globally and uh, everywhere women are asked to keep it a secret which is still i mean i'm able to understand absolutely uh there's another point that comes up when it when you talk about secrets is to not talk about periods with men yeah the what is your say on this practice and how should we change it what do you feel so with the men i mean it's very easy for us to say that you know let's include boys in the conversation about periods we need to talk mm-hmm. to boys about it but mm-hmm. are we willing to have this conversation with our grandfathers with our uncles at home i think it's very difficult sometimes to have this own conversation at home with our parents right. it's easy to you know talk about it on instagram or facebook so we hmm. decided to change that narrative we said that we would do sessions with boys in schools hmm. so we would conduct these uh, menstrual hygiene awareness session and hmm. it was honestly so enlightening to see and to hear their reactions many boys would be so curious and what happens and this sort of perpetuates the stigma is hmm. that in uh, coed schools right we'd ask girls that why are you always staining your um, uniforms you know we are giving you access to pads we are installing vending machines we are mm. doing all these things but you are still not using the you know why aren't you carrying yes. these pads mm. so they said that you know we are scared that the boys will open our bags and see right so that's when we were like okay let's investigate why mm-hmm. and what we found out is that uh, you know when we were doing the sessions with the boys right we would come to facilitate them but mm. before that the it's the school's responsibility to you know we work alongside with the school so the mm. school would tell the boys that sorry you all have to move to another classroom we are doing a, set, a special session with the girls right right now boys are also children and they're also very curious mm-hmm. so they want to know that why for one hour there are special people coming from outside to talk to these girls all the doors are closed all the windows are closed after the session the girls are looking freaked out and they don't want to talk to us what is happening <laughs> they just want to know what's going on you know and yes. no one is giving them correct answers everyone like a hey, mind your business yeah don't ask questions they just <laughs> want to know so right. we decided to do the session with the boys mm-hmm. and we decided 
tell them and we started off very simple we gave them a pad and they're like you take it and initially and we were like it's not a bomb it's not going to explode it's not going to get anything from it touch it see what it is and then they're like oh yeah this is so normal only i have yeah. a younger you know a baby brother this is like a diaper only so the minute you show them ki this is normal and they're like this is it we wasted all of our time thinking about this then they're like you know what okay whatever it's normal but you need to you really need to break that barrier and we heard the most funniest stories you know we had this one session where before we gave the sanitary napkins we asked the boys that uh, you know what do you think it's a pad what's a sanitary pad and very mm-hmm. confidently this one guy put his hand up mm-hmm. so they like wow that's great you know participation in like less than 5 minutes yeah. so we asked him and he was like you know it's i i to use it in my shoes uh. so uh we were like uh, what what he's like yeah don't you know and he looked at us like are you dumb or what why are you coming don't you know it's used in shoes oh, so the very straight face so we were like uh, can you just tell us how He said, uh, "You've seen all these ads, right? All these actresses are running around. They're so happy, obviously, because they're comfy shoes." And oh god! And I was, I was just like, "Wow, that is, that's brilliant." That is, brilliant. and you know, he very innocently was like, "The shape of it, it looks like a sole, so shoe soles, soft. It's comfy. They look so happy." <laughs> what else could it be that's how misleading our ads are and that's how, how much more we need to ensure that the kids get correct information about sanitary napkins oh god this is the <laughs> funniest interpretation of our till date oh yeah. my so but i agree uh, because when i used to do it personally you know whenever you mm-hmm. get a period i used to hide the pad in you know, two three layers make sure that it is well hidden before i go uh, to the washroom and um, yeah hiding it from men i think we hide it tend to hide it from other people i mean just the pad because yeah I, this happens i mean you know i have done it myself and mm-hmm. i talk about periods so often and yeah, right. but the thing is we need to unlearn it's very mm-hmm. you know for all of us i would say the one thing we can take away from today's discussion and talk is definitely like we need to be open to changing our views even right. for me sometimes if i'm in a public space i'm like oh god how do i hide this i'm wearing short sleeves how do i uh-huh. go to the pad you know how do i give it to my friend right. and then i'm like wait it's normal yes if i am not going to talk about it openly who will so mm-hmm. we need to each of us need to overcome that if someone asks you for a pad just give it to them over the table it's fine mm-hmm. no one cares <laughs> nobody everyone is so absorbed in their own thing that they yeah. don't will not even bat an eyelid we need exactly. to overcome our own preconceived notions our own fears and our main motto what we work is that if we can impact even one girl or mm-hmm. one person who has a different view about or feels more empowered about her body during periods i yes. feel like that's a life changed because she has a cascading effect mm-hmm. in her community so when you talk about empowerment uh, what would be the problems faced by women related to menstruation and menstrual hygiene and how is it affecting their mental and physical health so mostly i think it's a mental thing that is happening on the women yeah about that 
So because it starts with the mean stigma, which is that you're impure or you're dirty on your period. Mm-hmm. Okay. It has uh, religious connotations as well. We've seen so many, um, you know, discussions on the Shabri Mala thing. And right. it's not just in Hinduism, it's across in uh, Islam, in Christianity, in many other religions as well. So there is the main concept that, you know, you're impure or you're dirty on your period. Now, if you're constantly made to feel like a second grade citizen every month, mm-hmm. it has an impact on your self-confidence, on your self-esteem. You don't feel like you're good enough. You mm-hmm. feel like you're dirty. And it's it's so meant, it's such a deeply rooted psychological thing. So I feel like if we can break those taboos where people are made to feel like this is normal and it starts from home right? and for no fault of theirs, our mothers, our grandmothers, uh, the older women in our uh, spheres of influence, hmm. they have been made to feel that way. So hmm. we need to start having the conversation with them because, you know, as much as people like you and me are going to talk about periods, say we go to schools, educate them. Mm. If at home a mother says that, you know, don't listen to these people, you're, you're, it's not good to talk about periods openly. Mm. More often than not, they're going to listen to their mom. Correct. So we focus on educating older women as well, educating teachers. Because, mm. see, they're not as fortunate as people like you and me. They didn't grow up in an age where information was so easy to access. It was mm. very difficult for them. It was very stigmatized and they've come a long way, you know, in terms of empowering people like you and me. So I feel like what we can do to give back is have the conversation with them. Tell them that it's normal. Tell them what's happening nowadays. How can they empower the next generation? Many older women, and this is something which really moved me and it has stayed with me. We were conducting one of our initial few sessions. So we did it with uh, women in a self-help group. Mm-hmm. And... You know, because we were just starting out, I was doing the session, I was teaching it. And in the middle of, you know, explaining how the uterine lining sheds and some chemical processes, one Mm. lady just burst out crying, burst out. And that's when I was like, wow, my career is doomed. I'm terrible (laughs) at this. (laughs) And obviously we stopped the session. I paused it and I asked her, you know, know, how are you feeling? What's happening? Uh And she just kept crying. And so we, um, you know, she eventually did stop and she said, you know, uh, may I speak if you don't mind? She said, not at all. You know, please go ahead. So she said that, you know, it was, she just said one date. She just kept repeating one date. Mm -hmm. So she was like, you know, 25th March, it was a Wednesday. She kept Mm -hmm. saying that in Marathi. So Mm -hmm. I was like, what happened? She said that that day was the eighth standard, you know, exams, and she was in, uh, she was from Satara, and in the village, you know, like they all sit down, right? And she, mm-hmm. the imagine the level of detail. She knew yeah. what she was wearing. She knew who was there. She knew the day, the date, and what subject exam she was writing. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember for the life of me what I did yesterday. <laughs> So she uh, said this and then she said that I was feeling weird the whole morning, feeling weird. Mm. And uh, she got up to submit her paper and she had stained her whole skirt. And everyone over there just kept laughing. All the kids, all the boys were laughing. She went to the teacher and the teacher gave her a pad, just Mm. gave her a pad and she didn't know how to use it. So she just stuck it on her skirt. 
she stuck oh. it on her skirt on the stain and went home and she was like that's the last day i went to school oh god and she um, she was just like that's the last day i never went back and she said that now i'm like 35 years and i'm sitting here today and i'm finding out this is a normal process so she was just crying at the fact that all her for friends and it was so heartbreaking to listen to this amrita i can't begin to tell you yes. she just kept saying that you know all my friends are uh, you know teachers they are working and i am a maid and when my son asks me to help him with homework i can't because i didn't study because of this you know and now she's feeling like i i missed out because of something like this this is so normal you know right. but no one was there to tell her otherwise so i feel like we need to ensure that nobody misses out stuff like this ever again i oh think that really drives all of us to do what we do because we cannot afford to have girls dropping out because of a normal body it's like sweating you know it's a normal process yes we just need to make everyone know that it's normal it's fine it's going to happen and we are here to help you how to manage it that's it Ah, oh my god after listening to the story <laughs> i feel that uh, i mean i didn't know it was such a big issue right? because since we are a little more privileged as you said on the better side of the line uh, we don't realize how much and what all people have gone through i i still remember one of my friends in school she had got mm-hmm. her and uh, she had stained her skirt she was wearing white that day because we had those uh, sports day oh yeah 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 nonsense So she was wearing white it was all white her skirt was stained and uh, oh as you said just the teacher gave the pad right if we gave her a pad assuming that she knows how to wear it because we were taught yeah. thankfully i was lucky that one day before my mother told me how to do it or what she spoke about correct but she did not have that knowledge at all so we were telling her that hey you just wear the pad so she went inside she came back out and she's like i don't know yeah. how to wear this <laughs> you're like how yeah and you know right so uh, it's very scary to explain things to it's her scary. how to yeah it's very scary we had to explain it to her then we gave her a sweater to tie around her waist mm. the In, just to hide it you know just to hide the state yeah just to hide it yeah yes and i feel like it's so difficult you know sometimes we've had kids who not known you know in many households we have girls who unfortunately don't have a mother or don't right. have a sister Mm-hmm. so their fathers are very influential and we've seen wonderful men who are helpful in you know telling and um, explaining to their daughters we do a lot of sessions with parents right. and one parent just started crying in and it's also a, we ensure that whenever we do a session we give the mic to everyone mm-hmm. we believe that everyone has a story about their period and right. everyone's story is worth listening to so whether mm-hmm. we take longer that's absolutely okay with me and my team but we ensure that everyone gets a space to talk about their period so their voice is heard and yes. are, and so many people find comfort in that you know knowing that yes okay i maybe have a similar experience as amrita or mm-hmm. maybe my experience is that it really makes you feel less alone yes true true uh that is the entire reason behind starting this <laughs> so so that people know no, that they I'm, are not alone yeah. <laughs> so hopefully someone listens to this episode as well and understands that this is quite normal i mean that satara yeah. very heartbreaking my god 
and definitely you know whenever you i would say to whoever is listening to it whatever gender you may be whatever age group you are in it's never too late to start the conversation yes it's very you know you can always head over to red is the new green on mm-hmm. instagram or our website we are happy to connect with you happy to guide you to resources happy to help you have the conversation uh, if you are a grown uh, one of very recently one man we were doing a session with a bunch of corporates and mm-hmm. one man asked us he was like see i'm about 40 Hmm. i want to talk about it but i just don't know how to bring it up right. what do i do hmm. you know like in my house no one wants to talk about it my wife and mother in law don't want to speak so how do i bring it so we'll hmm. help you with that we'll guide you with that so we told him that you know you want to start talking about it very openly ask say i'm going to the grocery store would you like me to pick up sanitary napkins hmm. be comfortable with at least saying that right you know that's the first step so hmm. i feel like no matter where you are in life it's always good to have that conversation and especially in such unprecedented times where we're living in currently access to product is very difficult so right. we have started uh, the pass on the pad initiative and mm-hmm. it's a fundraiser to raise awareness about pds and also distribute these products to mm-hmm. places where women do not have access to the product so right. amrita i really urge you if we can you know talk about the if you can ask people or you can definitely help share the link we'd be very very done, grateful done. to have some help i will definitely be doing that so uh, thank you to talk about this when you talk about pa- pass on the pad how are you bridging the gap between rural areas and their access to menstrual hygiene products is it uh, just this campaign or have you been doing other things as well so we we started in fact just before this call i checked i wanted to check when we started and mm-hmm. on april 25th was mm-hmm. the first day we distributed sanitary napkins right. and from april 25th to now it's uh, a month and maybe a month and 15 days we've distributed mm-hmm. 2.4 lakh sanitary pads and have positively impacted about 3000 13500 girls wow. and it's just we just started off with the intention to do something mm-hmm. and we miraculously managed to find donors find people who wanted to help and then we realized that wait we can do so much more so right. we set our target to help 10000 more girls and that's why we mm. launched this fundraiser so okay. we get our sanitary napkins from uh, asmita yojana it's under the maharashtra state livelihood mission which mm-hmm. empowers these women self help groups to manufacture and trade sanitary napkins so they also earn a living during the lockdown in addition to that we're also helping create access so we really wanted to be very sustainable about it so hmm. that's how we're going about it to distribute right but uh, how are you managing the cost and access part of menstrual hygiene products uh, how is that tackled so the cost is borne the cost is borne by the donors <laughs> and the access part is through our ngo partners so we've okay. been around for about 4 years now and we have a very strong network of ngo partners who are on the field working with these communities in fact mm-hmm. we recently just distributed it with tribal communities as well and we work with commercial sex workers we are also trying to reach out to the trans community to provide sanitary products mm-hmm. so we really believe that access is important so this is what we are doing from our end so till okay. date about in I'm, it's just in 45 days we managed this, so we're very excited to see how much more we can serve our community. Great! This is wonderful. Huh? I will definitely. Thank be... you, Yash. <laughs> Thanks, Amrita. So, Dian, this is uh, one point that I read about and myself was unaware. 
uh, it's how to properly dispose of menstrual hygiene products and which right. are environmental friendly because i think uh, most of the women are unaware about this fact that sanitary products itself cause a lot of environmental damage because there is a lot of plastic in it and we are unaware how to dispose it of properly so can you guide us a little yes sure so i mean firstly menstruation is a very taboo topic right. on top of it menstrual waste is just gross i mean <laughs> you and me don't like handling a used sand sanitary napkin let yeah. alone us touching somebody else's pad you know mm-hmm. it is and for us i feel like definitely growing up in schools or in metros we've been told at a young age that you wrap your pad in used paper throw it in a dustbin mm-hmm. and that's it right yeah. none of us care what happens from the dustbin exactly. our responsibility is done at least mm-hmm. we are not throwing it on the road and we feel very good about it that okay we thrown it in a dustbin we're not mm-hmm. throwing it outside but the journey of a sanitary napkin doesn't end there if you see a pad it mm-hmm. consists of the plastic content is that is equal to about four plastic bags it oh, also God. has a layer of super absorbent polymers so it's a mm-hmm. thin layer and uh, this material when it gets in touch with liquid it expands and it absorbs about 100 times more than its capacity like it's volume so have you seen sanitary napkins are very thin and right. they look very sophisticated because of this layer so okay. when it gets access to product it becomes very big huh. now in many cases sanitary napkins are also flush down the toilet right. we've seen them it we've seen that it's flushed we've seen that these pads end up in landfills oh my god and they're not at all biodegradable because plastic so many animals like cows dogs end up eating it and because it's blood right right it breeds a lot of germs and it's exposed so it's a lot of health risk to our public health workers as well huh. so to combat all of these we need to really understand how we can help and what we can do so yeah. at red is a new green we also talk about managing your period sustainably mm-hmm. and there are products like cloth pads reusable cloth pads mm-hmm. menstrual cups which are very which are gaining popularity and i would urge whoever is listening to this and if you have the access and you have the privilege and the financial resources definitely check out uh, these avenues they're very yeah. sustainable a menstrual cup can be used to about 10 years and if you maintain it properly we also have cloth pads like all mm. of our mothers grandmothers have been using kapda right. and you know clean old sarees or cotton cloth which they would use to manage their period and right. in fact it is such a good way it's uh, very sustainable if mm. used properly and by by that i mean if it is washed and mm. if it is dried in the sun the sun is a natural disinfectant and if you use a cloth pad dried in the sun you're good to go Okay. Many times, what happens because of the stigmas, right? In some communities, it's said that uh, men should not see the cloth which you use right. for menstruation, yes. or it's conceived as ill luck. So mm-hmm. women dry it in places like under the bed, or it it's not dried in a it's dried in a damp place. Right. That generates more germs because mm-hmm. it's not getting sunlight, it's not getting disinfected properly, and mm-hmm. that causes a lot of reproductive tract infections. In oh, fact, God. Indian women are very very prone to having poor reproductive tract. hygiene because of these lack of menstrual hygiene uh, you know products and this leads to very severe complications like cervical cancer and in oh, some cases even fatalities 
and it can be completely avoided you know this all stats because if you have poor hygiene you mm-hmm. your body is just more susceptible to infection and you have problems with concealing you have problems with so many aspects because mm-hmm. of something if you don't manage your periods properly oh my god yeah. so we we encourage yeah we encourage people that mm-hmm. to definitely pay number one pay attention to the waste you generate if you mm-hmm. are using disposable sanitary napkins we urge you to wrap it in a paper if mm-hmm. possible to put a red dot on the paper so right. that the health worker who is collecting it knows that this is a bag and to leave it aside mm-hmm. if you're using a cloth pad if you're using a menstrual cup definitely there are a lot of resources and i'm sure amrita you'd also be able to guide them to us you can guide them we'll share a lot of links and a few partner yeah. organizations who we know do a lot of great work in this space and we're mm-hmm. happy to guide you to make that switch or that transition to manage your period more sustainably right definitely definitely this is very important and uh, i was unaware of all this yeah oh my god <laughs> uh, so i'm so glad we got to do this today though yeah and uh, i am really glad that i did it sometime in my lifetime <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm talking about this i'm getting more information uh my god and definitely putting a red dot is something even i was not doing before this and i will make sure that i'm doing yeah. that Oh god. Uh so um well there are a few myths that I would like to bust. I I don't know whether you're up for sure. it. Like there are very funny myths that I got from a lot of people. Give me. Uh one was that women will contaminate the food hence they are not allowed to uh cook or water plants because they are unclean and they'll spoil the food and the plants if they touch it. so this is again like i said absolutely untrue mm-hmm. and it stems from the fact that you know women are impure it's bad blood which is mm-hmm. getting out on um, during a period in fact the blood which is released uh, the blood which is released on your period it's very nutritious because menstruation the whole menstrual cycle is in fact a process where your uterus is preparing for a birth or for uh, producing a baby that month a right. egg is released hmm. and if it um, if it um, fuses with a sperm and hmm. embryo is formed then that um, the uterus lining is used to nourish the fetus going forward but in the likelihood of that not happening there's no need for that uterus there's no need for that lining right there's no need for that extra right. nourishment because there's no baby that month so exactly. the chemicals induced in our body ensure that the lining sheds and that whatever comes out is the menstrual blood Mm-hmm. so in fact it's one of the purest and the most enriching forms of but uh, unfortunately we uh, have it's been so tainted in history right. but there's absolutely no connection with it to contaminating food okay. uh, in fact uh, there are many things that women are not allowed into the kitchen in some mm-hmm. cultures and some people have we've had discussions where they said that it is this myth started to come across where they feel like women needed a break right. on their period Mm-hmm. so for those few days they were like why don't you just rest it out and mm-hmm. don't come to the kitchen but then it got misinterpreted as mm-hmm. you're not allowed in completely not allowed to do this to touch any vessel or that right. but that's wrong and i would urge you if you know a friend or if you know this practice happening mm-hmm. don't attack them don't say ki you are wrong this is bad absolutely mm-hmm. not 
very have a very open dialogue understand where they're coming from understand what they're feeling and then try to give them facts and the science behind it right right uh, then there's this one more myth that women are not allowed to enter religious places and uh, yeah i don't know whether i want to bust this myth because that cause a lot of uh, stigma on people which is still there i guess yeah so that's the thing right we need to speak about these uncomfortable topics so everyone's yeah. very scared when it comes to religion we yeah. in fact have worked with religious leaders mm-hmm. and spoken to them about it and we've only got the best responses that we've had across states i'm talking across islam across uh, hinduism christianity uh-huh. sikhism buddhism what right. we've heard and what we've spoken is that yes there are definitely going to be people who would be like you're not allowed to do this you're not allowed to do that mm. but what these leaders have told us and it resonates so much with us is that god resides within your heart wow and you you know you're never considered impure it's not considered a bad thing this is in fact a very strong force of energy as mm-hmm. women we have the power to give birth to produce new life right that is the highest form of uh, divinity i would say so we urge people that you know if you do if you are religious if you would there's nothing going to restrict you a temple right. is not a physical structure it could mm-hmm. be in your heart so never let that stop you from praying or that stop you from being closer to your faith right wow you- and i'm so glad you got this question up you know because many people shirk from addressing it we're scared yes. of rubbing the wrong i i am actually see. even i was but then i thought no i i would rather talk about uncomfortable topics uh then not with them at all yeah because if you see it all religions are very pure in their fun in their ideology and mm-hmm. we need to honor that yes that is true um well uh, this this is a really funny one <laughs> i heard people saying that if you see men during your first period you might get pregnant <laughs> this is the most funniest myth i got wow <laughs> wonderful imagine how many how many people be pregnant then considering <laughs> we have such a skewed gender ratio in our country <laughs> but uh, i mean for whoever is listening to this and whoever believes in this uh, this is absolutely not possible it is in fact producing a baby is a very physical uh physical uh, activity yes and i would definitely say that uh, when you do get your period it is uh, it's completely fine nobody is going to get pregnant in fact it's the number one sure shot sign that you're not pregnant and not pregnant not <laughs> next nine months oh. so but you know i feel like uh, apart jokes aside uh, yeah. when we were doing some work in the northeast Mm-hmm. this also came up where women said that uh, if a man if they were on their period and their shadow fell on a crop the crop would get spoiled oh, or okay. if the men were going out and uh, they were on their period and when they got in they uh, touched them or they got in contact with them the men would not have a successful hunting run or something oh so God. yes it is and it also comes from the place where we view it as you know men are more superior than women and women are impure Mm-hmm. so that is the challenge you know that's where it stems from mm-hmm. the systemic difference that oh women are lesser than men right. so gender equality is something that we need to address and we can come 
to getting a step closer to equality if we make sure that menstruation is a normal we treat it as a normal process right um okay so these are two um <laughs> more myths i'm just these are one is menstrual cups cause cancer and second is tampons break your hymen and hence you lose your virginity okay lovely <laughs> so the first one menstrual right. cups cause cancer huh. now menstrual cups are made from the same material it's made from medical grade silicon okay. medical grade silicon is the same thing which is used in heart transplants in hmm. body transplants so and it's very very safe to use this is absolutely medical grade hmm. now another thing so now we've determined that the material which uh, menstrual cups are made of is hmm. not uh, harmful right so hence right. it cannot cause cancer hmm. now another thing is that the shape of the cup the shape of the cup is uh, convex in nature right so hmm. if it is inside the blood is collecting it it's just like a cup it's right. not absorbing anything so the good thing is that it collects whatever fluid and if you know on your period you only generate about 25 to 35 ml of blood and mm-hmm. that is about 5 to 6 tablespoons that's it i mm-hmm. feel i personally feel like i'm bleeding my entire body out exactly. so that's not true <laughs> it's not at all it's very little blood which comes out what also comes out is like plasma huh. uh, uh, tissue this right. lining so it mm-hmm. feels like a lot that it, it bulks it up but actually it's not all blood mm-hmm. so the menstrual cup just collects that fluid and you can just drain it out and wash mm-hmm. it the cup and use it back again right why i would prefer a menstrual cup over a tampon is that mm-hmm. if you notice a tampon it's a piece of cotton which is compressed and right. it's concave in nature so it mm-hmm. absorbs everything it mm-hmm. can make the entire the vaginal walls dry because it just absorbing oh. everything and it becomes big whereas a menstrual cup doesn't uh, and and Absolutely. because of the it's bleached cotton right that mm-hmm. those chemicals can get into your body mm-hmm. because of the contact with the skin but right. in a cup there's no sort of permeance it will not enter your body anyway it's just doing its job collecting water collecting the fluid and draining it out but a tampon on the other hand because it's cotton and it's bleached and it has chemicals that has mm-hmm. a higher chance of entering your body okay. so i would recommend you know many people use a tampon and there is a case of a toxic shock syndrome that was the second question you mentioned mm-hmm. now everyone is really scared of tampons because of this and rightly so you know imagine mm-hmm. there have been some there have been cases uh, where women have died using these products so there is a fear associated with it mm-hmm. but when you see the numbers it's very very rare so if you are using a tampon and you have to there's no problem using it but i would personally advise you to wean off that product and maybe try using a menstrual cup or a cloth pad if you're comfortable right um well thank you thank you so much for enlightening us on this um, any time i'm more than happy to <laughs> this is actually new for me as well because i didn't know about all this um this one more a cramps a sign of being health, unhealthy is some is something someone asked so no i would not say cramps a sign of being unhealthy mm-hmm. but if you have extremely painful cramps or you know absolutely difficult your periods are very hard to manage it's mm-hmm. always good to meet a doctor or an endocrinologist mm-hmm. to understand what's happening if it's pcos pcod are you right. having some challenges with that 
if mm-hmm. the pain is excruciating i would not say you have to be like okay let me be brave and just deal with it mm-hmm. you know no it could be a medical uh, case so right. definitely i would recommend you go mm-hmm. though norm uh, the uh, cramps and back pain do happen in our body because our uterus is contracting right because it's shedding out that lining because mm-hmm. it's contracting it puts pressure on our other muscles as well and that's what causes the pain okay okay so it's not a sign of being and it can be a sign of uh, the pain is excruciating yeah. so you have to definitely go check out yeah. and if it is normal like which is bearable then it's fine it's normal yeah most of the time the pain happens for a few hours like maybe 3 hours or 2 to 3 hours some cases some people are blessed to have no pains lucky lucky <laughs> lucky people some uh, people are not <laughs> some people are really not <laughs> Amrita, so many people are going to be jealous of you on this call now. No, so I, I do, are... I do get pains, but I get uh, cramps like uh, in bulk. So three months I won't get pain, and then the fourth month I will be rolling on the floor. I'll be calling my mother. Oh my god! Ask her to call the ambulance. No, 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 It has happened with me. I I know the feeling, the cold sweats and everything. Oh my god, it was bad. Yeah. But it usually doesn't happen for three months, and then when it happens, it a party for the cramps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, Dian, coming to this achievement that you have, um, well, you have achieved. <laughs> you were awarded the Queen's uh, Young Leaders Award. So, can you tell the listeners right. what? the queen's young leader award was uh, founded by uh, her majesty queen elizabeth along right. with partners like royal commonwealth society comic relief and university of cambridge to help and mentor young leaders who want to serve their community better right. and that's why i had um, applied for it because i really felt that when i was starting red is new green i needed help i needed help to become a better leader wanted to understand what we could do more and that was such a good experience because not only did that give us an exposure mm-hmm. it really showed me the power when youth come together mm-hmm. there were about 53 people from various commonwealth countries along with me okay. and i i look back at it so fondly in fact it's going to be about 2 years in a few weeks mm-hmm. but it was such a good experience because it really gave me the confidence to say that yes you know our voices matter and right. there's so much we can do when we meet young people when we learn when we have resources so i had a very good time there i learned a lot we had classes with university of cambridge for a year right online mm-hmm. we got to visit the campus when we were in london and meet many people we got to see uh, the bbc we met we were fortunate enough to meet the then prime minister theresa may at 10 downing street uh-huh. and uh, you know we the ceremony was with her majesty she gave me the award and mm-hmm. it was really wonderful to you know meet her in person speak mm-hmm. with her in fact um, me along with two others we got to meet her specially after the ceremony for wow. a one on one discussion and it was so nice you know like she was she's 92 she was 92 then and she you know spoke with us she was concerned about the topics and she was very happy that we had come together to do this so i felt that that was the first step 
for Edison Ugreen, you know, one of our one of our first steps, and it really led to so many things. The next year following that, because of the good work we were doing, the Countess of Wessex, she <laughs> also came to India personally to visit our work. She came, visited a school, interacted with many of our. Um, it was really wonderful to wow. you know, have a member of the royal family come to a school in Mumbai, see our machine, speak with each of you know the girls in that um, audience. We also then. Uh, Oh, I also got selected for the Forbes 30 under 30 for Asia, wow. and it's for such a big subcon for such a big continent. I mean, it was phenomenal to meet so many people, and I feel my biggest takeaway from this is that you know if I can do it, and I just started this with the intention of ensuring this conversation happens, right. and I feel like if I could do it, anyone here who's listening to it, I would really urge you to apply for whatever you'd want to try to do. Just go for it. The worst case is you'd see a lot of rejection. And you know, like now when you listen to this thing, you'd be like, wow, you know, Diane and Red is the new green. They have it so sorted. They've, you know, met the queen. They've got Forbes. But what we don't talk about is the amount of failures we had. It's a constantly failure. In fact, today morning we got rejected from two grants. So the, it never stops. Right. But what I would say is that you keep getting at it. You keep applying. You keep trying. Because worst case, you know what, you'll get just get rejected. So mm. what? It's okay. Just <laughs> try again. And I really live by that motto, you know. I uh, I always tell whoever can, whoever wants. You know, if I can do it and I, I think anyone, anyone can. So give it a shot. And I'm always happy to help if anyone wants to. Uh, you know, go down this path, someone's interested in talking about women's health or menstrual hygiene, we're very happy to uh, guide you, happy to tell you what to do. My pleasure. Wow. So uh, definitely, I hope people come to you after listening to this. And Yeah. <laughs> and this is a wonderful motto to live by. So even if you just get up and try again, because rejection is a part of life. It's, so, it's really a part, you know, and in, in terms of like, uh, in terms of us also, we mm-hmm. try so much, we try a lot of times and you'll always get rejected, you know, there would be some places where you not be a good fit or some places that's not. So despite us having achieved so much, mm-hmm. there is like for every achievement, I would say there are like 20, 30, 40 failures. Right. Okay. But you know, that's where you need to just power through. Just really believe in why we are doing this. And for all of us, I think we strongly believe that we do not want anyone to miss out on an opportunity because of periods, you know. And it's in a world like this, it's completely manageable. I mean, 2020 has been a not so great year so far. I think we can safely say that it's June and it's not been a great year. Oh my God. And I feel like even in 2020, even in 2020, periods are an issue. I feel like that's ludicrous. We Mm -hmm. need to get that off our list. We have enough problems in this year. We do not need (laughs) menstruation to be one of them. And we are trying our best to ensure that this is not there in this year. Yes, I hopefully hope that this campaign reaches its end goal. That is to eradicate myths and uh, taboo about menstruation and menstrual hygiene. And people are more aware of all this. Uh, Well, um, so what is the one message that you would like to leave people with? I would say the one message I really, whether you're listening in and you know, you want to know more about the topic 
or mm-hmm. if you want to know more about uh, you know leadership and more about your life i would right. say it's never too late to start okay there is always room for more people to get in more people <laughs> to help serve our community and make it a better place so whatever you want to do if there's an itch you really want to scratch i would say do it you know there's right. always going to be help which would come to you in the mm-hmm. most unlikeliest of places so it's never too late it's today we can still do it so that's what that would be one of my biggest message to mm-hmm. always get started just do whatever you'd like to do and especially with menstrual hygiene it's never too late to begin the conversation at home start at home right. you know it begins with our tackling our discussions at home tackling our taboos <clears throat> we face at home where you know we have a grandma or an aunt would be like acha ye bartan mat chuo period ke waqt yahan pe nahi aana hai wo mat kar lo ask them ki kyun nahi why not and we don't have to be very mean about it or rude about it very pragmatically very normally we can speak done done definitely i hope we start this at home uh well this is one question i ask everybody on my podcast it's called since it's called unsettling and i talk about yeah. unsettling topics what would be your definition of settled what would be my definition settled right i would say something as when it's unsettling it's very you know you feel uncomfortable you just feel like it's not something is not fitting right and i feel yeah. settled is mostly when you have that level of enlightenment or that level of information where you're just like okay i understand these paths exist and i am comfortable with my knowledge of each of them so i am more i have more uh, onus or more power in myself to make a mm-hmm. conscious decision now so i feel less i feel less like on the back foot i feel less ignorant i feel more aware and hence right. more empowered to make the choice wonderful this was like wonderful message to leave everyone with and uh, well thank I'm, you questions from my side i hope i have covered Love all bases and i have covered all topics thank you dn thank you for coming and giving us so much information about menstruation and menstrual hygiene and if there are any other doubts that you have you have to just head on to red is the new green and ask her and she will be happy to answer uh, well Uh, Dian can you tell us about your page where people can follow your website and everything so that uh, I can add that to my description as well Definitely so thank you so much for listening it has been such a pleasure answering all the questions Amrita has posed and really giving you a peek into what really goes behind the scenes when you run a company which focuses on menstrual hygiene awareness and eradicating the stigma yes. so we require all your help and all your support so if you can visit red is the new green on instagram or red is the new green.org all our information is there on the website and on our instagram page uh, our donation link also amrita will be adding in the description of this uh, podcast it's called pass on the pad and a donation any amount is fine because all of that goes to ensure that these girls and women have access to a product at this time so we are really grateful for all your help and support and do refer the page to people who want to learn about periods who have questions and doubts to us we are happy to help done i will be doing that i will be adding all the links thank you and i will be forwarding this to people uh i hope red is the new green goes big and uh, people are aware this is something that is very normal 
maybe in 2021 because 2020 is maybe not our year yet <laughs> yeah absolutely so thank you dn bye bye thank you thank you so much bye bye hello people thank you for tuning in if you like this episode and you like unsettling all you have to do is give me a feedback and for that please visit my instagram page that is amritasukumar_unsettling and uh, well you can send me a dm or you can send me a mail all the details are there on that page i would love for you to just tell me how you feel yeah and i will get back to you and if you have any people who would like to share their stories you have to let me know because i would love to listen to them till then stay tuned to unsettling like share subscribe follow let your friends know and uh, stay safe yeah <laughs> bye